All right. So hello, Gabriella. Thank you again for agreeing to be on Talks with Toss. I'm really excited. Before we get started, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Excellent. Thank you, Tassi. Everybody, welcome. My name is Gabriela, Gabriela Müller Mendoza. I'm a mother of two Gen Zs. These are people who were born somewhere between 99 and above. So those are two teenagers at home and they teach me a lot of good stuff. I live in Switzerland, in Bern, in the capital of Switzerland, though originally I come from a small town, Mexico City. So I've been already here 25 years and since then working with sports. Amazing, amazing. So Tell us a little bit of your backstory. What led to that involvement in coaching and training and public speaking? How did that come about? Yeah, so this all started well back in the 90s when I was starting my career in technology because actually my background is really by university formation is computer engineering. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I invested the first 10, 12 years of my career in technology and I remember at some point in my career, knowing that there was something missing, like it was not exactly covering all my needs, my wants and my passions. And I wanted to discover that. And at some point I went to my manager, this is a big blue chip company that I work for now in the nineties. I go back to him and I said, you know, something is off. Can I want to work with people? I want to empower the teams. And this is back in the nineties. This is the beginning of coaching. He didn't know what to do with me. He said, okay, Gabriela, I think you need to go to go and figure out what you want to be in this so-called talent academy. So he sent me to Belgium for three weeks, along with so many other people from the same corporation to figure out what we wanted to be and wanted to do in the corporation. So yeah. I tell you something, Tassie, I got off that morning morning monday morning november rainy day in the woods in belgium and there are three people standing there two men and a woman and they were executive coaches and they were there to empower us and train us inspire us and teach us public speaking and negotiation skills and people skills and managerial skills and leadership and i thought i want to be that I don't know how that is called, but I want to be that. And I figured out that was executive coaching. I go back to my manager and I said, okay, great, Peter. I know what I want to do. Peter says, I have no clue what I need to do for you to become a, a public speaker, a communications coach, an executive coach. So I decided to do something that if you're watching this, if you're listening to this and you're, you know that there is a transformation in your career that needs to be happening because you're not fulfilled, is draw strategy back in the at that time i wish i had no more and better because i took a leap of faith and i just within three months and i said okay i'm just gonna leave technology and go though nowadays i think it's proven now in these pandemic times where it's good to have two careers right so draw oh, yeah. strategy <laughs> draw strategy so i started then doing public speaking at first went to po polish some of my skills use something that I would recommend you and your audience, Tassi, anybody trying to even attempting to go into public speaking, mm -hmm. to go and really train with people who can give you genuine feedback. And at that time I did it with Toastmasters, which is a global organization, nonprofit. You can check it out on the web, toastmasters.org. And I started polishing some of the skills that really pays, pay off in your career, which is public speaking. Mm -hmm. At some point I got certified in London 
at that time I'm already living in Europe. I'm already based in Central European places where it was easy access to these certifications. Nowadays, they're available worldwide and even digitally. At that time, I needed to get certified in London. I wanted to work in English. Mm-hmm. So I've been working now 10 years as a coach for corporations. And then one day, the International Olympic Committee knocks on my door and says, you know, we need you to go and do this amazing three days seminar in Miami because the coach that was supposed to go mm-hmm. has canceled. And this is just a few days before wow. the date. And I had the opportunity to decide whether or not I was going to jump in or not. I was so glad I did. Yes, because then that led to a series of events. And if that hadn't happened, I don't know if I would have met you back in 2013 for that women in sports seminar. Completely changed everything for me when it comes to one-on-one interactions with individuals, how to be professional, how to articulate your message and get what you want across. And also publicly speak, I mean, I just remember, so similar to like Toastmasters where we're all standing up there, we have to give a little bit of our spiel and then one by one, we give our own little critiques of one another and how to better position your hands or how to work the room and how to use like one, two, three, four, the points you're trying to make. And I mean, see how much still sticks with me and I still use that in my everyday. And I just remember going into when I was applying to physical therapy school, that interview was so important because it's your one chance for you to show them who you are and what matters to you and why you want to be a physical therapist. And if you're able to get that across in X amount of minutes with the message, the underlying message being what you want to execute first and foremost, to do it from beginning to end, it's like, I don't know how many people have those skill sets because it is a skill and it's such a a niche practice because in physical therapy, at least in in that world, communication is so important with your patients. You can know everything under the sun about anatomy and physiology, about rehab, but at the end of the day, if you can't effectively communicate with your patients or your clients, I mean, a lot of the message is lost. Their understanding is not there. And that's so important to their recovery. So I just appreciate you and what you do to no end. And I highly recommend more and more people get involved, really. Um, but yeah. I'm, yeah. And I, I know you mentioned just briefly about having a number of skill sets and a number of experiences pulling from two different jobs in this current situation where having an online presence is so important. Can you speak to that transition of of having to be more on an online platform? Yes, absolutely. I mean, welcome to 2021 and the future, right? We're all pivoting really 180 degrees to digital formats, right? And what's interesting that you were saying this, Tessie, was so interesting because I also have seen how you have really, you are a rising star in your career. And one of the things that I bet that is paying off is exactly that, the ability for you to know that it's not what you say, which is although content is king, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. It's so important. And what you were saying is people don't care how much you know, but it's also until they know how much you care. And the way you do this in a face-to-face encounter, or even, you know, maybe looking at me on the stage here, mm-hmm. is you rely so much, and we have already relied so much 
on our energy in the room, the executive presence that comes in the room and does and, and makes things happen. The problem is, is that now in this pandemic time, we're all now in this digital formats, small little screens, hopefully with good lighting and good <laughs> camera. <laughs> yeah. And one thing is that we rely so much in few little now items and tips and tricks that can build trust, that can help you convey a message that really buys hearts and minds and cells. And, and it is important to realize that it's a complete different skill set that now we need to, all of us, we're in this process of upgrading the 4.0 version of ourselves digitally, right? Yeah. And so if, if at some point, maybe later we can talk about few pointers that people really need to use, you know, use to leverage their communications online. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so with that being said, so what are some of your, your quick go-tos for, let's say you were in passing or you just met them and you can't necessarily sit down and have an interview like this, what are some things that you typically offer to individuals? Well, for the most part is I work with medium and large groups worldwide now digitally. So that means we welcome teams anywhere between 20 to 40 to a couple of hundreds people online to work on these skills. And by the way, when we work together, we do leadership. As you know, Tessie, we don't talk about it. We actually do leadership. Yeah. And yeah, show me some muscle there. And we really polish this in the sense of all these skills that are going to get us future ready. But one of the first ones is your mindset. I always say to people in this, in this pandemic, getting better at your job is something that we work a lot. Is, your fixed mindset or your growth mindset, right? So in these new skills of the fixed mindset is the one that doesn't let you try new things and stops you from taking risks. Mm -hmm. The growth mindset is the one that says, wow, okay, it's a challenge, it's an opportunity, I'm gonna go and get it, I'm gonna give it a try. So I work thoroughly with leaders, with teams, with athletes around the world, making sure that they see, yes, those are challenges and opportunities to overcome. So public speaking, leadership skills, um, the, this mental shift that needs to happen in this new post-pandemic world after COVID-19 as we're now developing. And by the way, we are welcoming new generations in the workplace. This is also something that leaders in the world need to realize that they need a completely different set skill, right? You millennials are gonna be running the world by the year 2025. Welcome, well, fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> and then, of course, Gen Z, which is the next generation, comes and, and really becomes full adult in, in, and participates in the workspace in the next four years. So it's going to be a new, interesting, really interesting world. And I think that this yes. is where we're working thoroughly, one-to-one, face-to-face sometimes here in Europe. Um, and now for the first time next week, I'm going to resume back again, these large seminars. I'm gonna to go to Slovakia, Bratislava, and work with the um, gymnasts. So in this case, it's gonna be the Gymnastic Federation um, working thoroughly in changing the game of gender balance teams in leadership. That's all about more women in power. Yes, so, so resuming the in-person live events, that's something that's coming up. Is there any other new projects that you're focusing on right now? Yeah, the one thing that within sports 
has been really a game changer for me and for the people that I empower, especially for gender balance teams, has been Women Lead Sports. If you check it out for anybody in your audience, I will send you the, the, in the link as well, womenleadsports.com. This is a program that I decided to launch the moment the pandemic started. I said, I was in San Lucia, training women in the Caribbean when the lockdown started worldwide. I need to really change my flights, come back early. And I said, this pandemic is not going to stop us from empowering women in sports to go for leadership positions, to become better speakers, to lead better. So how can we do this? Every, all the magic that happens in three days, how can we do it now digitally? And a lot of people said, no, it cannot be possible because, you know, first of all, it's going to be temporary. Just wait a couple of months and it's not possible to replicate this. And I said, I love when people say, don't do that, because uh -huh. my response to that is, watch me. <laughs> so we decided, we decided together with the team and I said, how do we do this? And I am supported by an amazing group of people around me, sponsors. Um, and I'm not talking about marketing sponsors. I'm talking about thought leaders who are sponsors of an idea that can empower um, this. For example, this podcast or webcast is going to have people behind you and around you with a powerful team who can make it happen because we never really do these things alone, right? So now this program not only has already met expectations, has already exceeded expectations this year, has had one of the best years in business worldwide, but also more women have been elected, promoted and won seats in the last congresses and elections in sports than ever before that have gone through the program. So. I am really, really thankful and grateful for the opportunity for people who play with me along the way, who continue to support this program. But also, I am so um, in awe of what's possible doing this right with technology. We don't have to get sometimes on the 10-hour flight anymore. We, we can be much more environmental friendly doing these things. We can power and use the power of technology to make this happen, like right now. You are sitting in Guam, I'm sitting in Europe, and we're having an amazing conversation that maybe otherwise would not have been possible. Yeah, and I, I just think about, uh, so I think it was either during the time when I was at the Women in Sport Leadership with you presenting in Tonga, I think it was around that time or shortly after where I was elected as the Guam National Athletes Commission president. And so first female, not an Olympian, um, but a representative of the Guam Rugby Football Union as an athlete. That experience, man, let me tell you, it was extremely uncomfortable. It was very challenging, <laughs> but I think it was necessary because I was able to not see things as something that, oh, I don't wanna do that. I, you know, this makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like this to seeing it as an opportunity to gain new skills. So like organizing huge events and coordinating uh, other events with other individuals. I've never been in that type of a position where I was uh, basically like the authority or a leader. I don't like to use that word, but a leader in that way where I actually had to delegate tasks to other individuals. And it was just such a surreal experience, but man has it carried those skills have carried i've carried them with me up till now yeah and 
And, and, and there is something that I'm curious about, Tassi, as you describe this transition, because everybody who's listening or watching this is going to say, well, you know, then she was given the opportunity. Wait, I want to make a little pause here. You hear Tassi saying that, and you hear me saying this, well, I got on the plane and I started doing these things. But there is always a moment prior and before you make the crucial, the crucial decision that you are going to do it. That moment, I call this the five second decision moment. In that moment where you are hesitating, you are having a conversation with yourself about, can I do it? Am I ready? And then your inner critic in so many cases, in many of us starts talking to us. Who do you think you are? You are too young. You are too anything. You fill in the blank, too anything. To, you know, you don't have the experience, you don't look that way, you don't have that certification, you have not been here for 10 years before, whatever that is, that's a conversation that we all have. I call this the five second decision. And for Tassie, for me, for anybody watching, there is always going to be a moment, the five second moment, in which you are going to decide whether you're not, you leap or you stay. And here is the one thing, start before you think we are ready. Always go. Start before you think you're ready, because if you're waiting, my friend, and this is for anybody, especially women in the audience, you know what I'm talking about. We wait until all the chips are aligned. We have a perfect day. We have we feel super ready. We have the credential. We have a great hair day. And then we say when that happens, then I'll go. Well, guess what? You're probably going to always be waiting if you're waiting for the right moment. So the right moment is now. And take the chance. So in that moment, Tassie, I'm sure when those opportunities showed up, there were moments of doubt and hesitation, and yet you decided to leap mm -hmm. in. So I'm curious about to hear maybe one of the moments where you had that, because your audience, I think it's important that Ooh. they understand that oh, it takes yeah. that. I feel like I'm being interviewed now. <laughs> <laughs> but that moment actually came when I applied to PT school. So prior to that, I had never lived anywhere else besides Guam. And so Moving to the East Coast in the U.S. was a huge transition for me in and of itself. But when I got there, I initially didn't think I'm going to just go straight into PT school. I never thought that. I thought I was going to go for a master's in kinesiology first. It's a similar thing. I'm not ready yet. I got to like do this first and this next before I, I make that big leap. And so I, I'm sitting there and I have my acceptance letter for, for a master's in kinesiology. And I'm looking at the paper. And it was in that moment where I looked at it and I said, just go for it, Tossie, just apply to PT school. And in that moment, it was like, even though every step of the way, I started to realize more and more how difficult it was to get into PT school because the demand is so high, but the amount of schools are, are not meeting that demand. Mm -hmm. So getting in, it's very competitive. And as I was going through it, it was like, you, you know, if I thought about those things prior to making that decision prior to just just do it don't even don't even start thinking don't put it in your mind that it might not work out and just taking every day one step at a time what do I need to do checking things off the list and realizing like those risks are so important it changed everything for me um, and now I'm in a much better position to give back to my community and to help others and be an example that that there are you as a woman or a man whoever whatever and i'm older too i'm 29 older compared to those who are applying to pt school now and so 
it was definitely this this whole talk in my head that I had to just shut down immediately. And I, I mean, every day I still do that. Uh, going to absolutely clients, it, yeah, exactly. But you have to you have to be an advocate for yourself. You have to be the one who's going to say, no, I can do this because no one else is going to necessarily do it for you. You have a support team. That's true. But the belief But at the end, nobody's coming. It's up to you. You have to <laughs> yeah. go through the door, right? Yes, exactly. So that that's definitely one of those instances that I, sticks out to me the most, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about your services online. We talked about your new projects. Are there any other things that you're looking to offer or that you offer that we hadn't talked about just yet? Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, I wrote a book. This is something that, you know, it was happening in my mind for a while. And I decided to write the book that I wish I would have read when I had started my career, you know? So it's really blunt in the sense that I, I say these things in the book as they're not gonna teach them to you in school, though they are true. <laughs> For example, that you need to network very savvily, that there is going to be politics in every organization that you go to, and how do you navigate this in a savvy way? So I wrote this book, it's called the, the How to Be a Smart Woman in STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. I mean, you are also part of sciences, so definitely is one of your fields. I strongly recommend it. Check it out in Amazon, but also if you want to just free stuff. I believe in really sharing content quality content and knowledge, just as you are doing, Tassie, um, through podcasting. So the Smart Woman podcast, check it out. It's fun. It's I give you a lot of these golden nuggets on how to do things in a very pragmatic way. And as I look now in the future, I now I'm working really with athletes or with leaders and teams and how to be future ready, how to be ready for that very important transition Mm -hmm. that we are all heading to within the next four, five years. It's going to be 2025 is a game changer. And I'd like to always be one step ahead. So we're already working towards how to make that transition possible. And a lot of them are athletes. And, you know, one of the things, Tassi, that you and I know that athletes' voices are so important. Mm -hmm. So I'm also empowering athletes to speak up. Um, I think athletes in so many ways former athletes and current athletes, mm -hmm. their voice is much more than just a brand or a billboard or something to market. I think it's important nowadays that they, we understand athletes' voices are key to make change possible. And I know it's not always safe to speak, and I know it's not always easy because sometimes athletes, when they speak up about things and causes that matter to them, they are penalized sometimes. So it's very important to know when and how, what are the safe platforms to do it, the right moment to do it. So I know it's important though, it's, it's key that our athletes that are not only players, they're also role models and ambassadors, and they have huge platforms nowadays in social media. When they decide to speak, that they, they do it wisely, strategically, and, and really they have all the right to do it. Oh, it definitely reminds me of when I was put into the role of not only representing Guam as an athlete, but 
on the international stage when it came to sports forums, athletes forums, events like the one in Tonga where you were presenting. And you not only have to know about your sport, you also have to know about where you're from and how to articulate because a lot of people are not necessarily aware of where is Guam? What is Guam all about? Tell me more about this. And then you also have to recognize the role that you're playing when you come to these events because it is there are politics involved as well. And you have to be professional and articulate and personable, all these qualities and that you don't necessarily realize you have to have as an athlete. Uh, and then for some, it's more natural. For others, you have to work at it. And I definitely felt like I had to work at it over the years. <laughs> and it's paying off because I can see the, the difference today. It's much more self-aware and confident. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And so tell, tell us, Gabriella, how can our audience connect with you? That would be really great. So depending where you are in the world, you can check out two different links, gabriellamuller.com, which is, I'm sure is going to be displayed in the webcast notes uh, or in the podcast notes. And also for anybody into sports, womenleadsports.com, altogether, women lead sports, women in sports at the same time. Um, I do want to say we, it has been so successful that at the moment we have all these programs for this year completely, and we have a waiting list. Ah. We've been really looking forward to even, I know, is it all full for the rest of the year? I've got until February next year. So we're really looking forward to one, expanding the team. We'd like to make sure that this knowledge that is so important for the world of sports is available in different languages. So one of the focus here is to certify people using this content and now spread it into the world to really certify them to that they do it in Arabic, in Japanese, Chinese, in so many other languages that are so needed that we almost have that barrier that we cannot get there to those places because of language barriers. So we're going to get rid of that and uh, do check them out. And of, of course, of course, Toastmasters.org, you know what it is all about. Uh, you, you mentioned it before. It helps you. This is a nonprofit. Anybody who wants to be a better speaker and communicator, check it out, Toastmasters.org. And I did my homework. There are some chapters in Guam. <laughs> so yeah i looked it up so it's very easy once or twice a month you go and give five minute speeches with people from different walks of life who give you genuine feedback it doesn't get better than that oh no it does not well thank you again so much for coming on i have just one more very important question for you yep. what is your favorite muscle oh well oh my god so <laughs> this is where i this is where i get my coaching experience goes the shortest bridge to create a relationship with one another is smile so mine is the psychomaticus major how about that one is the one responsible for the best curve in my body which is the smile oh i love that best curve in my body the best curve in my body is my smile is the psychomaticus major oh i love it i love that answer you can steal that from me if you want it as an idea yes. isn't it beautiful this yes. one here that is responsible to pull up those muscles to make a smile so that Perfect. one Perfect. And, <laughs> and Gabriella, really amazing content and information. And I can't wait to share all of the 
websites and your book, your podcast to everybody here on Guam and whoever else is listening out there in the world so they can learn a little bit more from you and those you've taught along the way. Thank you. Thank you, Tassie. Thank you for all of you and go for it. Oh. Whatever you want, you are cooking. Don't overthink. Go for it. Thank you, Tassie. All righty. Bye-bye.